Welcome to Views from the Porch, a lifestyle podcast where we have weekly conversations about some of the biggest challenges young adults face today. Our desire is to use God's word in our experience leading thousands of young adults at the porch to challenge you, push you, keep it real with you, and walk alongside you as you navigate your defining years as a young adult. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live or follow us on social media. And with that, here's this week's episode. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch, joined with John David Rogers. What's up? And Miss Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. What's up, guys? What's up? How's everyone doing? I'm chilling. Chilling, man. Got a wildberry Celsius coursing through my veins. Yeah, you do. <laughs> this this podcast is sponsored by Celsius. Did wild you ever get them to over. sponsor you? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, <laughs> man. You love that wildberry Celsius, bro. Every day, 2 o'clock. Wow. Yeah, it's a problem. Is Wildberry the only one? Only one. How about that? And if you drink non-carbonated Celsius, serial killer vibes. <laughs> wow, they have non-carbonated? Yeah. Carbonation is one of those things that I don't understand why we carbonate things. I would like one of those right now. Are you allowed to do that with pregnancy? I don't know, but I, I saw so. it earlier and I was like, that looks so refreshing. So I tried to put a piece of gum in my mouth, but... I don't think you can. Well, it's got... I think you can have a cup of coffee. But anyways, that's not what we're talking about. What are we talking about? Today, we are talking about the hot topic of deconstruction. Mm. Deconstructing your faith. Mm. You lost me already. What do you mean? (laughs) That just mom vibes. Oh my gosh, no. (laughs) Like, Just tell me what you're talking about. Yeah, tell them. I think deconstruction actually is a newer word that people more and more are using and coming across and... It made sense when we were talking about it, when they, when the world was talking about it culturally. Hey, we're going to deconstruct. It kind of came out of 2020, yeah. honestly, like where they were taking down statues. Yeah. They're taking down, they're changing team names, band names, like Lady Antebellum changed it to Lady A and all these different things. Like they were, yeah. were deconstructing morals, deconstructing rights, deconstructing uh, beliefs, gender, sexuality, identity, race. We're deconstructing they're basically saying we refuse to believe or do something just because that's the way it's always been believed in or done. Who gets to tell us how we think about something? And it's like, okay, I'm not surprised the world is doing this, but where it's gotten tricky and where I think we have to talk about it and make a stance as the church is now they're saying, I'm going to deconstruct my faith. And I think for some, what we're going to talk about, there's a healthy balance where Man, based off of what was the construction of your faith, you probably do need to reconstruct. I don't even know if I like the word deconstruct, but reconstruct, rethink, and make sure that your faith is founded correctly. But then I think that there's an unhealthy side where what people are actually meaning is, is the Bible contradicts my life yes. and faith in God contradicts my life. So I'm going to deconstruct this faith and rebuild and construct a faith that fits my what I want to do. Yeah. So let's just first talk about um, maybe that that healthy side of what are some situations, David, where it may be worth taking a, a look at, man, maybe what I have come to believe isn't accurate. Yeah, I think to your point, the term deconstruction, uh, often what the people mean in culture when they mean that is demolition. Like I'm not going to take something apart and examine it. I am going to... Uh, destroy it. And Christians, to use it on the strictest definition of the term deconstruction or to evaluate and to examine what I believe, I think that's a really healthy thing for people to do. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean it in the strictest definition of, hey, I'm going to deconstruct and evaluate or examine what I believe and my understanding and examine how I live and see if my faith is actually mine. Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. 
And I think in the same way, the unexamined faith is not worth having. And a lot of people go 20 years, 25 years, uh, lots of their life, and they just had their parents' faith and it was never actually their own. So they never actually honestly evaluated, do I believe this or did I just grow up in an environment where I was told this is true? So I think there's a really healthy process of evaluating what do I believe and do I actually think the Bible is the word of God? Do I actually think Jesus is the son of God? Do I actually think when it says he's the way, the truth, and the life that it means that? Or is that just something that I inherited from my parents because a faith you inherited from your parents is not an actual faith. And so for you to ever actually come to a place where you believe those things, you've got to evaluate whether or not you currently believe those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I think it's a healthy thing. Well, I just read a tweet to you earlier from Lecrae, um, Christian rapper, you know, award-winning. A lot of people know Lecrae. But he made a tweet that says, Once upon a time, I thought I was done with Christianity. But the reality was I was just done with the institutional, gentrified, politicized, culturally exclusive version of it. Mm-hmm. And I get I get what he's saying. And so is that kind of the idea of what you're talking about? Is it sounds like he's saying, man, I was I was just naturally falling in line with a Christianity that wasn't you know, I don't know where it ended for him yeah. or where he's gone with it. But what I'm saying is, is like, it sounds like he's acknowledging, man, what do I believe? And yeah. what do, what, and what, better than that is what does God, what we should be asking. I don't know what he, where he went, but like, yeah. we should be asking, what does God say? Like, yeah. what does God want me to believe? Yeah. I think, you know, it's always dangerous if you touch somebody's tweet and try to uh, guess what they mean about all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's social media. Yeah, so, but I think to your point, hey, it is a healthy thing to ask and to evaluate, hey, what are the aspects of Christianity that are either culturally, they're just a part of, like, here's, here's a good example. We, on Tuesday nights, we have a band on the stage that has guitars, drums, etc. Is that commanded in the Bible? No. Is it prohibited from the Bible? No. Is that an aspect of Christianity that is just relevant to this modern day and age, but is not necessarily inherent and intrinsic to Christian faith? Yes. And so I should be willing to just be thoughtful in evaluating what are things that actually come from scripture? What are things that maybe I've been influenced or the church has been influenced or I've been influenced from the world? And what are things that are are just kind of free gray areas where is it wrong to have a rock guitar on the stage? No unless that's wrong for you, because if it doesn't proceed from faith, it's sin. But to evaluate and to examine, hey, what are the things that I've just embraced that maybe I was told, or maybe I just adopted from my family or the friend group I ran in, and what is it that's actually true from God's word? What does it actually teach? And what do I actually believe, I think is a really helpful helpful and healthy thing to do. Okay, here's a real life example. I was going through a breakup. It was like a really hard season and things were getting like shook for me. Like straight up, I got to this place where I I truly was like, I don't think God loves me. Like that was just where I was at. And there was a deconstruction that, that had to happen for me where I decided, okay, I'm not going to believe that because I've been told that. I'm not going to believe that because that's what I'm supposed to believe. But here's what happened. Like I literally was like, God, I need you to show it to me. So I opened up the Bible and started reading the Gospels, like the book of Mark. And then I found, like, I I knew God loves people, but does that mean he loves me? So I think that the difference there and what's happening culturally of, like, people deconstructing deconstructing ideas is that there is, like, what happens next? 
are you looking to what you believe in your feelings and like your thoughts or are you actually looking to God's word? Because for me, it was like, no, I want to know what God says, not what people have told me. And I just think that that's not the case with a lot of, I think this is where this is dangerous because I think a lot of times we don't do that. Where I think I could get confused and what I, what I, when I ask the person who's in this process is, you know, we're saying deconstructing faith. Is faith something that if it's real, can it be deconstructed? Like if you ever actually had genuine, true, saving faith, can it ever be like de? Like, could it be ever have been built wrongly? I guess what I'm saying. And like, so I, I don't even know if faith, I know we're using the word faith in culture, but is that even the right word? Is it more like, man, I'm I'm just de I'm questioning and I'm challenging what I believe to be true about God or about Christianity. Yeah. I think by deconstruction, what I'm saying and I say that is evaluating it and re-examining it. And so if um, if by that you mean uh, removing it, or that's what I said, when people use deconstruction, they often just mean demolition. Like mm-hmm. the deconstruction of gender just means the demolition of gender, that there's no marriage. Right. The deconstruction exactly. of sexuality just means, or of marriage, and the definition of marriage just means there's no definition of marriage. And that's a really dangerous, yeah. and I think, honestly, is anchored in political ideologies that are not just unhelpful, they are superficial and they don't actually seek out truth. Yeah. They seek out preferences. Exactly. And they seek out a way in which everyone gets to be anything. Yes. And that's where it's scary with faith is because that is anti-Christianity. Yes. There is never a Christianity or a the Christian life where you get to be anything you want. It's like one call and it's one way to heaven. I think that let's say you're even doing this the right way and you, you tell you affirm or change or whatever. But I personally would shepherd a person to go, man— even if you are, you've heard about this idea and you want to do it the right way, I would stray away from even calling it deconstructing your faith because yeah. it, it could get so muddy with in line with whatever, like you said, well, then I'm going to just take it out and then do insert what I want. Yeah. And like, I would just change my language there. Yeah. What, what did you just say actually should be? I said demolition when culture uses it. Yeah, yeah. What, what should it be? Well, you I said, said evaluating, evaluating, questioning, yeah. evaluating, and then you said like reconstructing, because I think there is something too of like people who have have a f- quote unquote faith, like just say your whole spiritual life, where it's like, oh my gosh, no, I didn't realize it's been built on rules. Like I never actually believed that I didn't have to be perfect. You know what I mean? I I know Jesus, I know the gospel, but like there are things worth breaking down that yeah. you've believed. I really did genuinely accept Jesus and surrender my life to him. But then my church maybe taught me that now what that looks like is um, you have to go to this mass and do these prayers and do this sacrament every single Saturday. And then you got to college, you went to this event and you learned something new and it challenged that upbringing. So now you're going to go do some digging on man. Why have I for since I was in eighth grade or since I was seven why have I done the things that I've done? Mm-hmm. That to me is evaluating. It's reconstructing. It's rebuilding. It's not just going, poof, yeah, all of that out the door. Because I think again, if you have truly accepted Jesus in your life, there is no demolition. There is no, let me just erase and then rewrite. You accepted one way. It's more your theology that's changing. I think 
that continues to be challenged. Like you realize where your theology, like your belief about God, where you've realized like, okay, those beliefs are actually not true. But I think what's what's scary is that we say like, what's my truth? You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Culture is so much like, what's my truth about gender? Like what's my truth about marriage or whatever? And it's like, oh my gosh, you don't realize how much chaos you're causing. Yeah, which makes sense because there is no standard of truth for culture, which is why uh, you see things like there's no such thing as male or female. You can be anything you want. It's Mm -hmm. on a spectrum. Gender and sex are biologically different, like just insane stuff that that God is clear. Even sexuality is very clear. It's hard to argue with anatomy of how Mm -hmm. God has made man and woman and all of that. But I, so as Christians, I think we were thoughtful, like the Bereans in Acts 17, where they examined everything through the lens of scripture, because that's our standard of truth. Where I think Christians and people in general, I think Christians would benefit from evaluating thoughtfully their beliefs and what they maybe believe that is not necessarily clear in scripture. And what I think the whole deconstruction movement is honestly tethered to is, is all political. Like there's so many political infiltrations in cultures version of deconstruction, where they are trying to tear down systems, tear down sexuality, tear down gender, tear down, you know, uh, standards of right and wrong, and doing so in a way that that is not seeking to understand, but seeking to undermine. And I think as Christians, what we could do thoughtfully in the definition of deconstruction of evaluating thoughtfully is seeking to evaluate what are the even political perspectives where I have saw as uh, you always have to vote in a certain way, you always have to support a certain thing. That's not necessarily clear in scripture. And somebody and I, you and I can disagree on those things. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we don't both love Jesus and both believe God's word is true. We just have different opinions on something outside the Bible. And what are the things that actually are clear in scripture that I need to evaluate? Do I actually genuinely believe this? I think though, where some people are intimidated by that pursuit is it's a lot easier to do something because your parents or your pastor told you to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times what happens to people is they get to college, they haven't maybe gotten put into a church yet. They have never been taught and equipped on how to study God's word. So then this concept gets represented to them and they're like, oh, wait, so I don't have to do these things. Uh, What informed my belief? Okay, well, you're telling me I should inform my belief from God's word, but it's really hard on my own to understand mm-hmm. how to let God's word inform my beliefs and my actions on my own. So what would you say if I'm that person at this crossroads of, okay, I've let someone or something that wasn't God's word tell me how I should think about my faith and my practices. Now I'm going to take this step of trying to figure out what God's word says, but I just don't know where to begin. I don't know how to interpret it. I've heard there's so many different interpretations. It says, gouge out my eye if it causes me to sin. Do I gouge it out? Like, should I order my eye, my eye patch on Amazon? Like, <laughs> yeah. what, how do I begin that journey for myself I think and you, trust myself? I think that question you just asked is a great example of evaluating. Well, you're going, you're reading that verse and you're like, hey, what does that actually mean? And then be honest. And you do that in the context of community with other believers and go, Here's what I actually think that means. I think it actually means you should gouge your eye out. And somebody else may go, I don't think that's what it actually means. Because from what we understand, all of the disciples and Jesus had eyes, both of them. (laughs) And it feels like we would have been told that. And that would have been a central part of the plot if they didn't. And so I don't think you need to actually gouge your eye. And you're thoughtful and you evaluate and you examine kind of, hey, what do I believe about certain things? 
and do so with a heart that genuinely seeks to understand and to know God's word. Because the Bible, sure, it has things that can be difficult to understand, but the places that most people are, the places in culture in our world that most people have problems with the Bible, it's not that it doesn't make sense to them. It's that it makes sense to them and they disagree with it. Does that make sense? Like as it relates to sexuality, marriage, purpose of life, how to use your money, all that stuff. People are not going, I just don't understand what it's saying about sex. They go, I understand it. I just don't like it. So I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I think, sure, you can have a, uh, ongoing and all of us have to study and be students of God's word and be prepared as first Peter three says, to give a defense for the hope that we have to be thoughtful and to do it with other people in our life and to be trained and equipped by God's word. But I think for the most part, anybody reading the Bible can understand a high-level understanding of, of most of the instructions that we have and what it looks like to live um, those out. So another way, so if it's like how to understand God's Word, I think also today there's so many Christian leaders that if I'm beginning, okay, well, who should I let teach me? Who should I listen to? I mean, I'm, it's funny, like before this past week, I've heard nothing but celebration from a lot of majority about Mike Todd. Suddenly this guy spits in someone's face as an illustration and everyone's like, this guy's insane. And I'm like, (laughs) he didn't really change. Like nothing really changed. It was just like a, it was just something that you saw that made you go, I don't know if that's a little too much. And now everyone's like, this guy's disgusting. And I'm like, (laughs) he's always been extra. Yeah. And, and to me, but right there, though, could be something that makes someone go, hmm, like I'm seeing, it's it's drawn into comments and all these people are commenting, man, this guy interprets scripture wrong. I'm not bashing him. I'm telling you what I, is in the comments, okay? Oh, yeah. So like this guy interprets scripture wrong or this passage isn't even about what he's saying or yada, yada, yada. And let's say I'm a member of his church. And now I'm like, well, I always thought, I mean, it makes sense. He's like, following Jesus is going to get nasty, he got spit in mud. And so if you're not living a nasty faith, you know, it's like, and then you're like, if if you're just reading the if you're just reading the text, you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go get nasty for Jesus. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get in the grit. And like it makes sense, but there's so many people that are like challenging it, like, that's not even what that means. Yes. How do you determine who in as you're evaluating your faith, as you're trying to construct it according to God's word, how do you determine who gets to teach you? I think you got to run everything everybody teaches through the Bible because there are charismatic people who will say things that you can't find support in Scripture. And they also say things that they attach to some random verse that outside of its context was written to the people who read the book of, or the book of Malachi is a good example. That was written to the nation of Israel. And now I have to be thoughtful and evaluate what does this mean to me? We don't like to think. We want to be told how to think. Mm-hmm. And we have to go to the Bible and say, what does it actually say? And not just go to some person and say, tell me what I should think, but actually be students of it and study it and wrestle it and take everything, every worship song that you listen to, you should be able to go, or you should at least seek to do the exercise of, hey, where can I find this verse in scripture? Even when I can't see it, he's working, you never stop, you never, where can I find that in the Bible? Because maybe I'm singing something that is not actually supported from scripture. Or if uh, somebody's saying like Mike Todd, and this isn't about Mike Todd, but hey, you got to have a nasty faith. What does that mean, first off? And where can I find that in the Bible and that actually be what the Bible is teaching there? So I think we constantly have to run everything you hear on this podcast. Everything, JD is a charismatic dude. He may say things that you need to go, 
where can I find that in scripture? And is that actually yeah. black and white chapter and verse, or is that a, a gray area? Is that wisdom? What actually is that? And evaluate everything everyone says through the lens of scripture. That's good. I could go on, but I mm. think that's a, I think we should continue a, some more conversations like this in, in episodes to come. I love it. Good. All right, that's it from us. We'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch, follow us on social media or visit us at theporch.live. And as always, go in peace and love to serve the Lord this week.